About 10 years ago, I had one of those mornings on a Sunday morning. You ever had one of those mornings? It actually started Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night, I got a text from some dear friends that I went to high school with, that had been high school sweethearts, that they were getting a divorce. And it just sort of put me, you know, just kind of, I was just in a way, as they say. Just kind of put me in a, in a mood. I got up that Sunday morning and I was uh, pastoring a church plant and we had this storage uh, container on, uh, it kind of in a field and I had to go pick something up in the storage uh, shed to bring to the church that morning and my truck got stuck in the mud. And my wife had to come pick me up in the minivan, which there's not many things more you know, emasculating than the man's truck getting stuck and his wife having to come pick him up in the minivan. And then we're on the way to church in the minivan, and we get a call that Emily, my wife's granddad, had died. It's just one of those mornings, one of those mornings. Now, in retrospect, it could have been a much worse morning. People have had much worse mornings. Her granddad had lived a long life. He was in his mid-90s. I now have a four-by-four truck, so that will never happen again. So it could have been much worse, but it was one of those mornings where I just said to myself, I can't catch a break. You ever said this? You ever had one of those mornings where you spill your coffee, catch all the red lights, and you get to work, and you've got on two different pair of shoes? And he's like, I just can't catch a break. Or you've had one of those weeks where everything goes wrong, the washer goes out, the fridge goes out, and it all happens in threes, and a limb comes through a window. You ever had one of those years where you felt like, I just can't catch a break? That was called 2020, if you remember. Like the world just couldn't catch a break. You ever had a decade? Some of you feel that way. That you've had this whole season of life where you just feel like, I just can't catch a break. This series is called When Life Goes Wrong. But what do you do when it goes wrong again and again and again? By the time we're done today, I want us to be able to embrace this truth about what trusting God is all about. That trust is repeatedly following God when the results seem wrong. Trust is repeatedly following God when the results seem wrong. All of us can follow God when the results seem right. When everything goes the way you planned, when all your prayers get answered. Right? It's easy to trust God then, but what do we do when the results seem wrong? This is what trust is all about, and this theme is all over the Bible. We are a culture obsessed with immediate results, but trusting God means continuing to lean in when the results aren't immediate. And here's what's interesting. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered, why we even have the idea that we should catch a break. You ever wondered that? Like, why is that even a phrase? Why do we even wonder, you know, I should catch a break? That is because, like, we, this, this thinking seeps down into us. We think that if we do good things, good things will happen to us and good things will happen for us. Deep down, you want to believe that, don't you? There's a word for that, you know. It's called karma. 
Like deep down, this is like culturally kind of what we want to believe, that if you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. If you do good things, good things will happen for you, that deep down, you're going to get what's coming to you. You're going to get what you deserve. What goes around comes around. Deep down, this is kind of what we believe. That's why we believe that I should catch a break because I'm a good person. So good things should happen. Why is all these, why are things going wrong? Because I have been good and I have done good and I plan to continue to be good. Why is God doing this to me? It's because this karma thinking seeps in, but we don't believe in this. We believe in something called faith. We believe in faith that is based on hope that we can't see. We believe in faith in which there, that we don't have evidence that God is going to move, that God is going to be on our side. And we place our faith, have you thought about this? We place our faith in a Savior who always did the best thing and the worst thing ever happened to him. We place our faith in a Messiah who did not get what he deserved. We place our faith in a Messiah who got what we deserve. See, we don't, we don't believe in this idea that you get what's coming to you. I don't want to get what's coming to me. I want to get what Jesus has done for me. We, we believe in something totally different. So if we're going to be spiritually mature, we're going to have to fight through this culturally deep embedded idea of karma thinking because faith is countercultural. Authentic faith is rooted in trusting God even when life goes wrong. So a question I want us to wrestle with this morning is will I trust God's way when I can't see God's will? Man, what a just, what a song that Tori sang for us. That will I praise him before my breakthrough? Will I keep trusting when I can't see? Will I trust God's way when I can't see God's will. This is what really matters. Everyone would trust God if circumstances always went the way they'd hoped, if every story had a happy ending, and if there were no unknowns, nothing that you had to place your faith in. But it's, it's hard to trust God's will when you can't quite see God's way. You can't really understand what he's doing. In, in this series... We're talking about this, this guy named Joseph, and we're seeing someone for whom life keeps going wrong again and again. And Joseph is someone who had every right to say, I can't catch a break. He couldn't catch a break. And you, by our fantastic recap, you're all caught up on his story. He has gone from favored son with a coat of many colors, to slavery, to prison. He is supposed to be ascending in power, and he is descending into oblivion. Is it, is it even possible, is it even possible that God could use a prison as a stepping stone to a palace? Well, I trust God's way. This is a question Joseph had to ask himself over and over when I can't see God's will. So we are picking up his story in prison in Genesis 39. 
So if you got your Bibles, you want to open them up to Genesis 39. If you got your app on your phone, if you're sitting there at home with your Bible in your lap or your app, open it up to Genesis 39. Hey, if you're in the room and you don't have a Bible, please take one at our bookshelves when you go. We want that to be our gift to you. So this is what it says in verse 39, I mean in chapter 39, beginning in verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. This is after the whole story is fabricated about him by his master's wife. Everything goes from bad to worse. But, but, while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was, what does it say? The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him, even in prison. The Lord was with him and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that, he, all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was what? With Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph in slavery. He was with him in prison. But the, perhaps the biggest surprise is that Joseph is still with God. I mean, just because life goes wrong is not proof or evidence that God has abandoned you. This story over and over, it says the same thing in the story while Joseph is in slavery. It says, but while he was in slavery, God was with him. While he was in prison, God was with him. God is with you even if your life keeps going wrong again and again and again. But what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Are we going to be people who keep trusting God again and again when life keeps going wrong? I want to tell you, if you are in the pit, if you are in despair, if you are in the valley, God is with you. Will we stay with God? Joseph decides that he's going to stay with God. He finds his purpose in the wrong. His role is to be the best prisoner that he could possibly be, and others see that in him. And what I find is that when life goes wrong again and again, what I find is that I know I have this tendency, instead of waiting on God, instead of leaning in and trusting God, I tend to take matters into my own hands. Anybody else? And that's why, I mean, Joseph had to ask himself this question. Will I trust God's way when I can't see God's will? God had called him to leadership, so when he was in slavery, he was like, well, I'll be a leader. When he's in prison, I'll be a leader. But I know me well enough to know that when I, things don't work out and I feel like God is being too slow, that I have a tendency to take matters into my own hands. Right? When I'm just like, well, like when I'm done with God and I'm like, hey, God, this isn't working anymore. You ever said that? You ever felt that way? You ever taken matters into your own hands in a relationship? Taken matters into your own hand in a job with a family situation? How'd that work out for you? Usually when we don't do it God's way, it doesn't end well. And this is what I love about Joseph, that in the midst of things going wrong again and again, he serves the servants and uses his gifts to help others. God has called Joseph to leadership, 
So he just leads wherever he is, even when life goes wrong. And listen to how he serves those around him. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, that's Pharaoh, offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and what does he do? He attended them. He served them. You know, when life treats you wrong, you can still treat people right. When life treats you wrong, you can still treat people right. Have you ever known someone who has been through it in life? And I mean, life's just kind of gone wrong. And they have become bitter and angry and crotchety. I, I have told Emily that we're not going to allow each other to become crotchety. I'm not, we're not going to do it. I'm like, listen, you come crotchety, I'm going to call you out. You call me out. Joseph had every reason to be bitter and angry and crotchety because his life has gone wrong. But he decided that just because life had not gone right, he could still treat people right. And he takes this to another level because pretty soon these two servants of Pharaoh have a dream. And they have no idea what the dreams mean. They have no idea. And one day Joseph sees them and they're just kind of sad looking. So he asks them like, hey guys, what's wrong? He cares about people even when life has gone wrong. This is what they answer. We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. By the way, guys, I know a thing or two about dreams. So the cupbearer tells him his. He's like, well, there's three grapevines, and uh, they've, got, they've got these three branches. These grapevines have three branches, and in the dream, I take grapes from each branch, and I squeeze wine out of it and put it in a cup and hand it to Pharaoh. What in the world does that mean? And Joseph said, this is good news. This is good news. The three branches represent three days. In three days, Pharaoh is going to call you back into his presence, into his court, and he is going to restore you as chief cupbearer to the king. He is going to put you back into your position. And then Joseph says something pretty transparent. In fact, this is the first time in the whole story that we see a hint of desperation. We see a hint. He catches a glimpse of hope. He sees that this is his moment. And after he interprets the dream for him, listen to what Joseph says to the cupbearer. When all goes well with you, when the, when the king restores you and puts you back into your royal position and you have his ear, Remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. 
And listen to the next part. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here I have done nothing. And oh man, there's that word. To deserve being put in a dungeon. I don't deserve this. And you know what? He doesn't. But sometimes, bad things happen to good people. Sometimes, we don't deserve the hand we've been dealt. Sometimes, life goes wrong. So then the baker is like, do mine, do mine, do mine. Oh, no, here's my dream. Joseph's like, okay, give it to me. Baker says, okay, mine's kind of similar. There's like three, but I've got three baskets of like bread and baked goods. Um, there's probably some, some cookies and muffins in there and just all kind of good stuff on top of my head. But these birds keep coming and eating all the baked goods out of the top basket. What in the world does that mean, Joseph? And Joseph's like, well, your three baskets also represent three days. I thought so. It's going to be just like the cupbearers. Not exactly. <laughs> You're going to be brought back before Pharaoh, but you won't be restored. You're going to be impaled on a stake, and the birds will come eat your flesh. And then Joseph said, anybody else got a dream they want to interpret? <laughs> we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. No, 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 no dreams over here in this little, little corner of the cell, Joseph. All right? Nobody wants any after that. And listen to what it says in the next couple verses, in verse 20. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. Just like Joseph said, he brought, in three days, brought both of them before him. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that once again he put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he impelled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Just like Joseph said. And this is the moment in the story where the narrative hits a crescendo. He has used his gift to serve others, and he finally catches a break. He has told someone who finally has connections this whole crazy story about how he does not deserve to be where he is, how he's a good guy, how he has been wrongfully put in slavery, wrongfully put in prison. This is the moment. And that's why the next verse lands, like my mama says, like a lead balloon. The chief cupbearer however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Just because you do everything right does not mean people will do right by you. Sometimes people forget you. Sometimes you feel stuck. I'll bet Joseph felt cursed. Just because you follow the rules, listen up, listen up, just because you follow the rules does not mean you always get the breaks. Because we don't believe in karma. We believe in faith. 
We believe in trusting even when there's no evidence. We believe in trusting when we can't understand. So for a person of faith, when, when life goes wrong, I can focus on what God is doing in me and through me or what is happening around me and to me. And in the story, we're going to see that Joseph obviously chose to focus on what God was doing in him and through him. But I want to warn you, the very next verse is difficult to read. Because the first few words start like this. When two full years had passed. Which day do you think Joseph stopped counting since the cupbearer left his cell? It's been, it's been three days, it's been four days. It's been a week. Surely he'll tell now. Well, it's been 10 days. It had been over 730 days from the moment when Joseph thought he was going to get his ticket to freedom. And it's hard to keep faith when you're waiting to look to the future when the present stinks, to trust that God is good when life is not. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and just keep breathing. But faithful hardship, faith in hardship requires us to look into the future a little bit. And I'll bet in this moment, Joseph had so, had so many just thoughts running through his mind. But here's what I think Joseph had in his mind that is so critical for you and, us to, you, and, you and me to have in our minds. Is when it's all said and done, what will you wish you had done? When it's all said and done, what will you wish you had done? I'll bet there are moments when Joseph fought a battle with this question. I shouldn't have been good to that cupbearer. I shouldn't have been kind to them. I shouldn't have helped them. I shouldn't have served them. Boy, I guess no good deed left, goes left unpunished, right? You ever said that? When you treated somebody right, when you did the right thing, when you did the kind thing, and you didn't get the favor returned to you, but in the end, you will wish you will stay faithful because you have no idea what God wants to grow with just a seed of faith. You have no idea what God wants to grow with just a seed of faith and all of a sudden, that seed starts getting watered 730 days later in the palace. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh has a dream, and he can't figure out what it means. It's crazy, two-part dream. He has this dream where seven fat cows get eaten by seven skinny cows. What in the world does that mean? Besides, if they're skinny, they're hungry. But then, I mean, he has this one where there's seven healthy heads of grain get eaten by seven sickly, dry, scorched heads of grain. What in the world does that mean? He asked all his magicians in his court. They can't figure it out. He asked all his, all his wise men. They can't figure it out. He brings everybody he knows. They can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, in verse 9 of chapter 41, listen to what it says. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. You think? You think? Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. 
You remember that time a couple years ago when you got mad at me and the baker and you threw us in the prison for a week or so? I had a dream while I was there. And so did the, so did the other guy. And this Hebrew that was in the prison interpreted the dream. And here's the kicker, Pharaoh. You're not going to believe this. And the things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position and the other man was impelled. Pharaoh... I think I know a guy that can help. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. A hated brother, a slave who would become a forgotten prisoner, now stands in front of the most powerful man in the world. After two full years had passed. But the way that he had honored and treated the cupbearer gave him a platform before Pharaoh. He used his gifts to serve others even when life went wrong, and it put him in a position of prominence. This is what it means to trust God. Trusting God, trust is repeatedly following God when the results seem wrong. It's repeatedly, not one time, but when the results seem wrong over and over, that I keep leaning into God when I'm not getting any traction, when it doesn't feel like there's any progress, but I just keep faithfully putting one foot in front of the other. And friends, this story is repeated over and over in Scripture. You just trust me and leave the results up to God. Noah build an ark. Abraham, leave your home country. Moses, hit the water with your staff. Deborah, go fight the enemy yourself. David, pick up a small stone and a sling to fight the giant. Elijah, drench the whole altar with fire. Jeremiah, buy a field. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Hey, Joseph, marry her anyway. Peter, put down your nets on the other side. And Paul, preach to the Gentiles and just trust me. And Joseph, great-grandson of Abraham. I was with you in the cistern. And I was with you in slavery. And I was with you in prison. And Joseph, I'll be with you when you stand before the king of Egypt. You just trust me with the results. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is so hard for us to put our trust in you, to put our faith in you when we don't see the results that we want. God, I confess to you that I am impatient with you. I want things to happen the way I think they ought to happen, to happen right now. God, I confess that to you. I just want to be a man of trust. We just want to be people of trust. And we'll leave the results to you. If it takes two days, if it takes two months, if it takes two full years, if it takes two decades, and if it takes two lifetimes, and our prayer isn't even answered, until we're long gone. We'll trust you. 
we want to be in the faith business and trust our lives to the only one who is in the results business, you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to stand and sing as we close out today. And uh, I, I just want to, you know, this place is always open if you want to come down and pray. If you're just going through something that you just say, I want to trust it to you. We're going to close with a song that's going to lean into this idea of trust. So you come if there's something you want to hand before God today.